0: Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday, where we take a look at a hymn on this June the 28th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And the hymn we're about to listen to is, Jesus Has Come and Brings Pleasure Eternal. Jesus. And that's one verse and verse three of Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal. It was written by Johann Ludwig Konrad Allendorf. He died in 1773. And my, was he a prolific 18th century hymnist. He has done that particular hymn for a community of Pietists published in 1735. That collection intended for use in Pietist groups included 45 of Allendorf's hymns. Then he added 87 more hymns in subsequent editions. Uh, James Mearns reported in 1892, that only four of them have been translated into English. His hymn, as with much poetry of that period, tended toward expansiveness, and it originally contained 23 stanzas. Six were translated into English in the mid-1800s. Now, Oliver C. Ruprecht, and I had him as a professor at Concordia College, provided the translation that first appeared in LW, and now is included in LSB. He probably worked from the abbreviated German text. His daughter recounts that Ruprecht was constantly translating for the benefit of his own writing, his classes, and the enlightenment and education of his family. But, and this is interesting, he found English woefully inadequate in conveying the depth, nuance, dimension, and true meaning of the various original languages with which he worked, including German. According to Fred Precht, the executive secretary of the LCMS Commission on Worship, Rupert handed a copy of Jesus Has Come and Brings Pleasure, inviting the commission, if it deemed the translation worthy, to use the translation in LW. Now, Alan Dorff, the writer, includes more than 30 titles for Jesus, in alphabetical order in his 23 stanzas of Alpha and Omega. This is the hymn of the day for proper nine this coming Sunday, and the emphasis on Christ's divinity and on evangelism makes this hymn especially appropriate during the weeks after the epiphany. So there's the hymn and what does pastor mark smith have to say about the hymn
1: it's a beautiful hymn it's a beautiful hymn it's uh it's its melody's a little tricky it it jumps around a little bit and i'm i'm not a real kind of sort of music but i remember hearing this hymn being sung when i was a student at the seminary and i fell in love with it at the at the very beginning i just i just loved it it's just uh, it's just beautiful it's majestic and uh I love it. I and yet and yet I would be maybe a little hesitant to uh, to introduce it to a congregation uh, unless you have maybe a good choir, that sort of thing.
0: Are you using it this Sunday?
1: No, regretfully not. Uh, I'm I'm choosing one uh, before the Lord we bow. Since it is the Sunday before Fourth of July, uh, I, I thought we'd use that as the opening hymn. But uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, Having heard it again on on the recording that you just played, I'm very much tempted to try it maybe on a later Sunday.
0: Okay. So, stanza one,
1: please. Yeah. Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal, Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, Godhead, humanity, union supernal, O great Redeemer, you come as our friend heaven and earth, now proclaim this great wonder. Jesus has come and brings pleasure eternal.
0: Now, is Ludwig Allendorf talking about the pleasure we have here on earth, that we're going to have a good time?
1: That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Is he talking about his first coming or his last coming? What do you I think? think?
0: He's he's talking about the coming of Christ into your life.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. And
0: that's what brings eternal pleasure. Mm-hmm. You can't get eternal pleasure from the world.
1: No, not at all.
0: You get persecution, etc. But In fact, he- that this pleasure is defined by eternal Indicates that this is spiritual pleasure, not temporal pleasure.
1: hmm And he comes to us. He continually comes to us through the Word and sacraments.
0: So that's even. Good,
1: you know, that's a good. It's a good Advent hymn, don't you think?
0: I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah, because that's one of the ways that he comes to us.
0: Yes. Um, the advent of his coming in the Bethlehem stable and the second advent part is coming into our heart and then judgment day right so i i could understand that uh has come and brings pleasure eternal but then he says alpha and omega what's that referring to
1: alpha omega and he explains it beginning and end i'm the alpha and the omega he's his eternal uh being
0: what what is alpha and omega? Alpha and omega are the first and
1: last letters of the of the Greek alphabet.
0: Exactly, and that's why he beginning and end. I found it interesting that he has a multitude of titles for Jesus. Now we only have four of the stanzas. He wrote twenty three, so we don't get into yeah. Wow. They, they did a lot of exhaustive writing. In those days, and um, we have four of them, uh, particularly uh, translated by Oliver C. Ruprecht. Did you know him? No, I didn't. I heard you, you said you had him as a professor at uh, Concordia College in Fort Wayne. I had him in the course somewhere. He died in the year two thousand.
1: The name is familiar to me. I remember his name.
0: Yes. And uh, boy, he, he did a lot of translation, and he made a point that it was really difficult to translate from other languages into the English, because the English just doesn't have the words a lot of time. Yeah. You have to do total phrases.
1: You know, uh, that would make, if you had that 27 verses of that hymn, I can imagine you could make a Bible study out of that really good, really well.
0: Well, the point that was made is that not only those 27 titles, but in those verses, there is so much from the rest of the Bible, it would take a small book to explain all the verses he uses. Yeah. And see, at the bottom of our page, we only have three verses from Luke, First John, and Isaiah 12.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we didn't have more, more, more biblical texts upon the, which this is based. Yeah, I'm not why sure would a, how they why decide. would a why would a hymnist write a hymn of 27 verses, <laughs> 27 stanzas? I mean, that have you ever considered that? Why, <laughs> why would well, he write a hymn of 27 stanzas? I mean, you you, you have to know you're rarely, if ever, going to use them all.
0: Oh, I would. During <laughs> communion.
1: Well, you're you're one you're one in a thousand, Tom. <laughs>
0: well, that's how many stanzas there were. <laughs> um, yeah, the point was and I I said this that he not only used many titles from alpha to omega, he did them in alphabetical order in the various stanzas oh wow yeah and so obviously you would write down uh the various titles of jesus and it came to about 40 of them and that would be easy to write 27 stanzas about it
1: and i think i remember from your introductory comments this hymn stresses the uh the divinity of Christ, his uh his his uh deity, his his divine nature. Is that is that the emphasis in this hymn, would you say?
0: Look at the next line after Alpha and Omega. What does it say? Alpha and
1: Omega, let's see. Beginning and end, Godhead humanity, union supernal. O great Redeemer, you come as our friend.
0: And there is Godhead, that's his divinity, humanity, that's his humanity, but union supernal. Yes. What does that mean?
1: Supernal is, uh, I, I, you know, I looked at it up in the dictionary anticipating your question. It, uh, Webster's Dictionary gives the definition either celestial
0: or divine. Yes. So take and your pick. Is, really really important and what union is he talking about he's
1: talking the union of the two natures of christ god exactly and, and man and and that he comes and that that he comes as our friend that should have an exclamation point after it it does, it does. in fact yeah <laughs> when you think about it that's it's uh, amazing you know uh, alpha and omega God and man at once,
0: at the helm of the universe, and yet he comes as our friend. Because he is our great redeemer. Right. And now, you asked about whether this is for earthly things or spiritual things. The next line makes it clear.
1: Heaven and earth now proclaim this great wonder.
0: Yes so that this is a wonder both for heaven and for those of earth. Because when you have the Holy Spirit in you, things change in your life. All right, I'll read stanza two. Jesus has come, now see bonds rent asunder. Fetters of death now dissolve, disappear see him burst through with a voice as of thunder he sets us free from our guilt and our fear lifts us from shame to the place of his honor jesus has come hear the roll of god's thunder well when do we first hear about thunder in regard to god
1: well i think right away of uh the the book of revelation when john uh he sees he sees jesus and uh, and, and talks about his voice being like thunder yes
0: but and in another
1: place another place sinai remember remember yeah. how the children of israel were were scared to death they said, Moses, you speak to us. You give us the messages from God. But we don't want to hear his voice again. It's too, too, too awesome.
0: Yes. Remember that? Jesus has come now see bonds rent asunder. What's a bond, and how is it rent asunder?
1: You know what I think of when I hear that line? I think of uh, Peter when he was rescued by an angel from prison and the chains just like melted away just fell off of him remember that very good
0: yes and our readings are from galatian last week and this week what is the bond that's rent asunder sin and death yes the curse of the law namely when you sin you shall die and that is rent asunder and fetters of death. Now, we don't use that word fetters very often. What are these fetters of death that are dissolved? Well, I, I'm
1: reminded of last week's gospel where they had tried to chain chain that uh, demoniac. Very good. And they good. couldn't do it. He would just yep. break, he'd break the shackles.
0: Those yes. are fetters, shackles. Exactly. And they, just like... Jesus did that miraculously. He does that with us also miraculously in the waters of baptism. Fetters of death are dissolved, disappear. That's right. And you don't think of baptism of Jesus bursting through with a voice as of thunder. But why is that according to the next line after thunder?
1: Let's see, let's see, voice of thunder. He sets us free from our guilt and our fear. Yes. That infant now, is completely is immediately set free with the washing of regeneration. Yes.
0: Now, it's not that we still don't have guilt and fear, but we can now be freed from it. That's right. Like as we have that fear of our past sins or our present sins, we're freed from them. Because of the forgiveness of sins, where God no longer holds us accountable for our sins. And in that situation, what occurs in our life, according to the next line?
1: Let's see. uh, Heaven and earth. no, No, let's see. We're in the second verse, right? Lifts us from shame to the place of his honor.
0: And what does that mean?
1: Oh, I tell you that's well, uh we're we're now he, he lifts us to heaven. Where the where the head is, so also the body goes. And we're we're the bride of Christ, we're part of his body, and so with his ascension, we too are lifted to a place of honor. In fact yes. Jesus Jesus says to it remember he says to his disciples, Don't you realize you'll be judging angels?
0: Yes, yeah, so lifting us from shame, the shame of our sin, we go to the place of his honor because of justification. That's really the role of God's thunder in denouncing Satan, and Satan even hears that and realizes he is defeated. Yes,
1: absolutely. All right, stanza three. He cowers away.
0: Number three, Jesus Jesus
1: has come as the mighty redeemer. See now the threatening strong one disarmed. Jesus breaks down all the walls of death's fortress, brings forth the prisoners triumphant, unharmed. Satan, I love this line. Satan, you wicked one, own now your master. Jesus has come. He, the mighty redeemer.
0: So we have again a explanation of this thunder where we have become part of god's honor he comes as the mighty redeemer and then see now the threatening strong one disarmed who's that that's satan now how is he disarmed by
1: by our lord's uh, our lord's uh, triumphant death his suffering and death it is finished
0: and by his resurrection and how is his weapons against us disarmed what's his main weapon
1: satan's main weapon
0: yes against the, us i guess
1: the, i guess the fear of death because of because of our sins
0: Exactly.
1: He taunts us. He he tries to he tries to undermine our faith, and tries to, he brings up all of our sin against us like dirty laundry. And uh, he says, "What kind of a Christian do you claim to be? What who who, who 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 you know? How can you be a Christian when you've got this in your past?" That's how he taunts us. And uh, of course, Jesus takes care of all that with his. Uh, well, it's like. Uh, who who now shall bring any charge against God's left? It is God who justifies.
0: Is that how Jesus breaks down all the walls of death's fortress?
1: I think that's part of it.
0: Yes. And when he does that, what does he bring forth, according to the verse?
1: Let's see he breaks down the walls of death's fortress he brings forth the prisoners triumphant unharmed yes you know the picture i have of that i think uh. of how i think of how uh, you know when the i don't know maybe i'm being a little bit too patriotic here but i i think of how the uh, the allied troops moved uh, through europe uh capturing and rescuing these pow camps In some cases, at least, the prisoners came forth unharmed.
0: Well, I think in that case, they were all harmed if they were in concentration camps. Right. But they were brought forth where they didn't have to harm themselves in fighting a war. Yeah. So then Satan is addressed in the hymn. Yes,
1: I love that. He says, uh, I, this is the line I remember from hearing it sung out at the seminary. You had all those male voices. and yes. Satan, you wicked one, own oh, now your master. Jesus has come, he the mighty redeemer. You're okay, finished, what does... Satan. You're washed up.
0: What does own oh, now your master mean?
1: Uh, I think that...
0: that that
1: choice of that word own is maybe a little confusing, but basically what it means is, hey, face up to it. This is your master, Satan. Make no mistake. You're not in control anymore. You're not the, you're not the you know, you're, you're finished. You're, you're done. Own now your master. Jesus
0: uh, he, he has placed, you're under him now. You have no power. Right. Because now you have another master the master you rejected at near the beginning of creation and the master who now puts you in eternal hell. Right. All right. Stanza four, please. Jesus has come
1: as the King of all glory, heaven and earth. Oh, declare his great power, capturing hearts with the heavenly story. Welcome him now in this fast fleeting hour, ponder his love, Take the crown he has for you. Jesus has come. He, the king of all glory. That's a beautiful verse, and it stresses, it stresses us taking the message of the gospel out to the ends of the earth.
0: Yes. In other words, we've talked about justification, uh, where the bonds have been rent asunder for us. Now we talk about sanctification, namely where we are, enable to declare his great power. And that is done by pastors preaching the word of God and lay people sharing the message of Jesus Christ with others. Capturing,
1: capturing hearts with the heavenly story. You know, hearts, hearts, you know, that's kind of a neat picture because, you know, hearts cannot choose him. It's, they've got to be, it's he has chosen us. He has captured our hearts by the power of the gospel. We cannot, we cannot uh, decide for him on our own, but we, we need the help of the Holy Spirit working through the gospel to capture our hearts and bring us to him.
0: That's a great law and gospel distinction, which this program is all about, that we don't have hearts that agree with Jesus and therefore come to faith We have hearts that disagreed with him, but are now captured. And remember, it reminds us of of David. Create in me
1: a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me.
0: And the very fact that he says, create.
1: Okay, let's see. Well, of course, uh, welcome him now in this fast, fast, fleeting hour. You know, we get the word out, but there's only so much time. Uh, we never know how much time we have. And so it's important that this fast, fleeting hour that we ponder his love, take the crown he has for you. He offers it full and free. Jesus, Jesus has come, he's the king of all glory. We thank you for listening today, and uh, it's a beautiful hymn, beautiful hymn. I hope you can find it being used in your congregation soon.